Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, they'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline. I write the How to Decorate blog. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Karen. I head up Ballard's branding team. We're We're your hosts. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of the show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at BallardDesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. And now, on with the show. So before we start our trials and triumphs, I just want to remind everyone again, I know we talked about it last week, but look out for our Nashville week coming the first week of November. Um, we have five days of designers from Nashville, and we are celebrating the opening of our new store. So don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified when they drop and get excited. Yeah. Okay, so I can go first. Yeah, yeah, I'll go first. So I am in the midst of a little mini bathroom update, sort of. I just have a few things that I want to do around our bathroom. First off, I need to organize like pronto. So I've been stalking um, our my friend Clara, who was on our show a couple months back at the beginning of the pandemic, the home organized, and I've been studying her Instagram very carefully, trying to figure out. I've I think I've complained to y'all before about whoever renovated our bathroom. It looks very pretty, but I don't know if they did not use face products or bathroom products. But there's no storage. It, the storage is horrible. Anyway, so I need to like. Uh, edit way down and get some organization. And then I got some cute little um, chandelier shades, some patterned ones from us. They're called the Riverbed and Gray. And um, getting some new towels. And I ordered a little Ushak rug for the floor. And my the 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 last the, what sort of inspired the color palette is last. Spring, two springs ago? Yeah, two springs ago, like right when we were moving. I Will painted me some little oysters, some watercolor oysters, four of them. And I put them in a book right before we moved because they hadn't been hung. It was just, you know, the watercolor paper. But I put them in a book so that they wouldn't get, you know, bent or anything. Well, then when we moved, I could not figure out what book they were in. So they disappeared for like a year and a half, but I recently found them and so um, ordered some frames and so I'm going to hang those up too. So I I sort of am like halfway uh, through at this point. I've got the rug, but I need to get a runner and I've got the shades, but I haven't hung the art, you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, so I'm, I'm excited about it so far and I just, I need to like this space. I will have to say that I have, that I got the Suzanne Kassler trimmed towel. Very pleased. I have a few of this. I like this. So cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, anywho, more updates to come, but I am feeling excited about it and I need to get my organization on. I'm going to tear down my home and (laughs) rebuild it. And that will be what will probably take up everything for the next uh, year and a half. So excuse me if you don't care about this topic. Um, oh my gosh, if you don't care about this topic, <laughs> why are you listening to our show? Um, so I think we, it's very exciting. So we, David has, we have a nice sized yard and in the far back right corner, he has designated a spot that he's hoping to uh, fence up and, you know, just that orange cheap fence um, and keep safe from construction of plants that he wants to try to keep because we've been here for nine years. We've bought a lot of plants. We've made our house beautiful and now we're tearing it down. So um, plants are expensive too. And plants are expensive. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I understand him trying to save them because even when we bought our azaleas that are in the front yard, they were little nuggets and now they're, full bushes that are gorgeous and bloom four times a year. Um, So I get him trying to save some of them. I just, of course, I'm like, I don't know. And we moved some of our fig tree that um, was David's grandfather put in the ground in the 60s or 50s. And so we've taken branches of that and put them over there. Anyway, David has bought plants online because there was some sale. And... (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Recently? Yeah, recently? This past week. Yes, that's why. It, yeah. This past week. Why? Um, he said it. <laughs> yeah. So I said, 
I don't think it's a good idea. Let's just wait. And he was like, but it's a deal and plants start off so small, this will give them more time to mature. And I'm like, uh, all right. You're, yeah. I, I said, I mean, your money. So that was a trial while I watched him. Interesting choice, but I like it. <laughs> um, and then I believe I told you David broke one of our just mid-century dining chairs. Yes. Did I tell you we got it back together? You said you were going to get your friend to help you, right? Yes. So my old woodworking teacher. Yes, I had a woodworking teacher in college because I'm that cool. And um, Alan, he is wonderful. And he fixes furniture for a living now. And so he's fantastic. And he gave me some big tips. And um, two of the screws pulled out, which did I might have said. And the tip there, if you have the screw pull out, is a whole bunch of wood toothpicks and wood glue. And you let it set. And, um, and then you redrill in wood filler doesn't do the same. So it's really, it's, it's really giving it the screw something it can grip onto. So you need Uh wood back in that hole and the glue, but you have to let it cure, um, and stuff too. So, you know, interesting. So you shoot the hole full of toothpicks and glue. Uh Okay. With glue. Let it sit for. 48 hours and I trimmed them back, like cut off the tops of the toothpicks because they were past the hole and um, did a little, a little bitty sand on it myself. And then um, we were able to screw back in perfectly. And then uh, we had the pegs on the side. We were able to um, get them back into the hole um, and add some wood glue. So now it's a Russian roulette on which chair it was (laughs) the one that's broken. I love it. Good luck at my next Good dinner party. Job. Yes, Good job. you know I'm impressed. I mean, that four-year college degree came in use. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> just kidding. Well, that, that was just trial. one class that you took. I bet a lot of people are jealous. I would. <laughs> I'd like to yeah, have that very, knowledge base. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. When things break like that, I'm always like, "Is it fixable?" You know, like I'm always. I question it before I'm like, "Oh, gotta throw it out," which is good. So. For sure. Anyway. Okay, Karen, your turn. Okay. So I can't decide what I want to start with. I'll start with the triumph because that's shorter. I started this using this compost service called Compost Now, and I really like it. So they come and they pick up my, all of my food scraps once a week. They just give you a bucket that's, I would say, 18 tall by uh, eight by eight and it has a lid it seals on I keep it in the kitchen um, and so you just put you can put your paper products in there corks food scraps anything like that and um, then they pick it up once a week and give you a new one and then they make compost with it and then when you're ready for compost you order your compost and so far That's really cool yeah because I wanted to compost but I first of all I'm worried about getting bugs or whatever and plus I I don't know how to do it it's like me and growing roses I'm a ding dong so uh, (laughs) I outsourced it it's $29 a month Um, and then whenever you're ready for your compost you call them up and they bring it and you just accrue your compost with each one of your little buckets and if you're out of town or something you can just um, pause it and you get like a $5 credit for that week Compost really cool. now. Compost now. Uh-huh. It's not all over the U.S. I looked it up and I actually emailed them. I said I'm going to talk about some podcast. Um, so it's it's in quite a few southern states, um, but not all, but all over. Sure the US, but I'm sure there's. But I'm sure there are other services like that. Yeah. So um, cool. and my husband was like, "Well, why? I mean, stuff just rots in a landfill anyway. What's why don't you just let it rot?" You know, we can buy compost for like $5 a bag. It's going to be cheaper than your $29 a month. But I have read about the way that compost disintegrates and the the gas it puts into the air is very different than the gas that goes into the air from a landfill, and it's a lot better for the environment. So Mm -hmm. that makes me feel better too. Whether or not it's true, I'm not 100% sure, but it does make me feel better. So I'm doing $29 worth of work for our environment. (laughs) <laughs> I had this, you know, harebrained idea to build a fountain in my backyard. I think I might have a Oh, yeah. You never update us. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the concept is Uh-oh. really cool. 
because um, I, you know, I painted all my wood fencing black, and it just sort of disappears into the surroundings. And then, but I do have this one long expanse of fence, and there's just nothing on it. And uh, I used to have a pergola sitting there, and we knocked that down because nobody ever sat in it, and it was just a big waste of space. So. I was at my friend's house and he had these really cool um, steel planters that he had built. He he has a, a blowtorch and he knows how to, what do you call it? Blowtorch thing. Solder. Solder. Yeah. Um, weld. That's the word. Weld. <laughs> and he had built them himself. And he's also a contractor and um, built houses and whatnot. And I was like, oh, that would be the coolest fountain. I could just fill like an eight foot expanse. It's like basically like y'all imagine a trough, like I'd say 24 inches high, 18 inches deep, and then eight feet wide, a black metal. And it's, Mm -hmm. that's it. That's all it is. And it sits right up next to the fence, flush to the fence. And then about uh, four feet up in the fence, there's a long eight foot long lip that comes out and the water just pours out in a sheet into this big trough. In theory. (laughs) (laughs) Uh -uh. Well, who knew that fountains were more complicated than just, you know, hey, here's an idea. Let's build it. So anyway, it's built. It doesn't leak and everything, but it just doesn't really work right. It doesn't really, it splashes, Uh so it loses water. So I don't have the Uh the right water pressure or whatever. So I contacted a local fountain guy and he's like sure 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 i'll come help you so anyway nothing's fixed yet it's still a nine month work in progress <laughs> y'all I did it like started in march i think we started beginning of covid and it's still not done and i'm getting ready to be really insane about it because i'm thinking now i'm gonna have to have thanksgiving in my backyard with my mom mm. because oh, my be mom so has nice. been sitting in her condo since march and i feel really bad but she's also 80 years old and i'm not bringing her into my house with you know with my college kid and yeah. my um so if i'm having my thanksgiving in the backyard with space heaters i need my fountain to be done the end you do you have a timeline well i do have a here's timeline. a question is it just too is the water too high Above the fountain, maybe Could that's be. why it's splashing. See, there's lots of scientific stuff that goes into this. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it sounds like physics. Physics, yes. Because also, if you want a sheet of water, that's called something. I can't remember what it's called. Um, so the pressure has to be just right and everything has to be perfect to get the full sheet of water. Um, and at this point, I don't even care if it's a sheet of water. I just want the water to stay on and not empty out of the trough. <laughs> so, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. So it's an eyesore right now, and it's a big thing full of gross water. So I have to keep putting like mosquito cool. pellets in it. And <laughs> All right, let's get to the show. Let's do it. So our guest today is named Bregan Jane. She is a Los Angeles interior designer, entrepreneur, lifestyle blogger, and author. And you may have seen her on HGTV's Extreme Makeover Home Edition, Hallmark's Home and Family Show, and many other shows. You're a um, television personality. And um, I am also very curious about your children's books. So anyways, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And you're out in LA, right? We're in Atlanta, so we have a three-hour time difference. We're all in our pajamas, and you just finished working. <laughs> of course I did. I, I have kids that I hope don't run in here in this very second, because we are all at home, right? Yeah. Um, yes. There is so much to get to, because you have a di- very diverse um, resume, but I... You know, just glancing through, I think if anyone, anyone were to just sort of glance through your website and your portfolio, your design work, um, you your style seems to be this just, and this maybe this is just me, um, sort of combination of California cool, but also very glamour. And um, I just loved those glamorous accents that you seem to work into most of your spaces, you know, um, there's lots of shine, metallics. 
find yeah. it, we, we call it modern approachable luxury in any way you kind of want to say that. But yes, I, that coastal lived in vibe is my heart and soul in the community that I know I still live in, that I grew up in. And I've always been a girly girl. So like, you've got to add that touch of brass, that little sparkle. Like I am totally that luxury girl that likes that shine. But without sacrificing that space where you just feel like you kind of don't belong. Everything about us is very welcoming. And so when we combine both of those, I found through many different style twisted turns most designers take, that when I incorporated clean lines, the other two married well together. So that's where we came up with approachable modern luxury, modern approachable luxury, whatever you want to call it. I, uh, that's what that's what we are doing. Ah, so Brigham, but you started in fashion, right? Can you tell us a little oh. bit about your journey into home decor or interior design? Fashion was like the, maybe the third thing on the resume. No, but it was an <laughs> integral part um, because it's where I found that I loved interior design and I didn't even know it yet. I had bought a clothing store uh, really young in Manhattan Beach um, and had, so way back in the day before those children were born, I had a clothing store and I really realized that I loved the window display. I loved redesigning my store. I loved designing the cash rock, maybe more than I liked selling people clothes. And it still took me about, you know, many a year to figure out that that's where my talent and spaces and creativity lied. Um, But yeah, I think that's a common story. Interestingly enough, I hear from designers all the time. It's like they started in fashion. It's this visual expression, but instead of self, for me, encompassing it into home is where I felt like I really thrived. Did you, when you were starting out or transitioning into your interior design business, did you find it easier to work in, I hate to say commercial, but more spaces similar to your storefront? Or did you just jump right into to residence, residential? Um, the real way I started in design was through what I call estate management. I had the luxury to work for many entrepreneurs in sort of my different endeavors and twists and turns I took. Um, after fashion, I went back to school. I wanted to do web design and graphics, but it all had this visual element, right? I worked in yachts for a while. That gets published a lot. And it was more about the visual representation of the product. So I'd be doing our booth displays that we took to Dubai, or I'd be staging the yacht, even though my title by the end was like, creative something of marketing, you know, but <laughs> it was all the visual representation that those were some of my first meetings with architects in which my opinion mattered. Um, so that was, that was a great uh, sort of these, these steps that it took, but it was when I really transferred into estate management and was working for somebody with multiple properties where we just, he was like, Hey, go turn that into my living room. I was like, okay, you know, we did a crazy airplane hanger and made it look like a living room. And I was like, oh, I'm, I kind of feel like I'm good at this. <laughs> and, but it's not for me, my journey was, it's not until you have the budget to really do a build and it's on you that you really understand whether or not you can do it. You know, like nobody does their first kitchen until they do their first kitchen. I just did my first 23 bathroom house. I had never done a 23 bathroom house, you know? So the, it's these opportunities wow. that you get for me that where I was like, oh, I should have seen that coming with that, uh, that storefront display. I used to love doing at 4 a.m. But it just hadn't connected yet for me. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have to ask a question, Brigan, about a 23-bedroom house. I'm just stopping you there. We're pumping the brakes for a second. We're going to talk about that. Did you use the same faucet more than once? Not in a single bathroom. <gasps> 23. Wow. I'm wild. Um, thank you. Um, by the way, 
talk about nightmares of planning and where motherhood is just, you know, seeped into my business because I am an expert delegator and planner now. Maybe <laughs> <My choice laughs> not so much. Um, but the valves have to go into the wall in the exact location before the 23 faucets went in. So just that alone, it was like a nightmare in itself because you need the right valve for the right company for the right faucet. And that one isn't deck mounted. That one's well mounted. And then the other ones, you know, it was, it was, you, you learn along the way and you try to lean into where your passion and your heart and your talent are. But a lot of times in my growth and our company's growth, we're constantly underwater because we're growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you just sick of it by the 18th bathroom? I can barely go back in there without PTSD, but you know, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> How many people live in this yeah, place? What, three. It's probably three people. Luckily, for us, we actually got some creative license, which was nice because we were building out a property for a development firm. So stylistically, there was not an end user that was dictating things, uh, which was nice. beautifully fun, but also incredibly difficult to design for mystery. Um, but again, it goes into how I love presenting visuals, how I love, you know, creating worlds and telling stories and making it approachable to everybody. Um, that's really important to me. I have a question because you wrote on Instagram, you had a post that was saying that you love a white bathroom and it's kind of your go-to is, you know, that spa-like feeling. How many of these 23 were white? My favorite one. My favorite (laughs) one, which was the most feminine master bathroom. And I think Mm -hmm. it really was uh, maybe the only white one. The other one arguably is is cream colored. So the only white one was my favorite one. (laughs) One white out of all of that. I'm impressed. Yeah. Good for you. No, I thought her her post was great. It was all about how it's this almost spa-like experience walking into a white bathroom. And again, she wrote it much better than I'm saying it, but um, it talked me into a white bathroom. I... I'm a curious person by nature, so it was really fun for me. My brain just like started going on vacation and getting a massage, and literally I would just stand and I'd be like, what do they do? What do they do? Why does it feel this way? Mm-hmm, a equals mm-hmm. B equals C. And I was like, I was like, okay, they've got a bowl of hairbrushes. That makes people feel at home. They have a bowl of hairbrushes. And I would just go home and I ordered like a bunch of hairbrushes off of Amazon and put them in a clear bowl. And <laughs> it's, I mean, it sounds so simple, but like, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's those things that I enjoy. I don't know if everybody else goes to the spa and goes, all right, spray deodorant. Okay. So I got to have spray deodorant yes. for my guests to feel at home. <laughs> yes. I have but to roll the towels. A roll <laughs> towel right. somehow feels like a spa. That's right. easy to do. These are great tips. Do you have any well, other good ones? Instead of folding it, um, I got a bunch of brown glass jars with pumps and sprays off of uh, offline, um, you know, in bulk. And I put my dial soap like refills into the brown jars. Yes. And it just elevates my house because my kitchen has no, there's no label, there's no logo. It's mm-hmm. so simple. And it actually simplifies your life to buy things in bulk. You know what I mean? Because you don't have the five different soaps that don't all match and one scented and one's not scented. And your kid likes that one and your husband doesn't like that one. And like, you know, you like the foam one. And now you've got three things next to your sink just adding to the chaos in your mind. Or at least that's been my experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> I really, I really appreciate curation um, of any kind. Agreed. And then your guests can't judge your brands that you put in the guest room either. Yeah, like, oh, they put the gross, you know. <laughs> this is, this is like what Publix I brand in my, <laughs> in the bathroom. Well, I love the no, idea of, of visiting a, a room or, um, or something like a spa, like you mentioned, and really 
paying attention to the details and um, even details that maybe seem um, mundane or inconsequential and paying attention to those details and um, recreating them in your own home. Like, especially if you, you know, have some vacation home or vacation spot that you really love some hotel somewhere or something um, and bringing them home because it, it adds that little bit of, um, you know, thought and care to make you kind of feel pampered every day, I guess. Sure. I think the one thing we often don't notice in, in places like that, it, well, we don't, we notice, but we don't think about is the smell. And when you walk in a spa or a place that, you know, ha- holds all those great memories for you, the smell that it evokes and recreating something like that in your home, which is again, not hard and not expensive to do, but a thing that often people I think overlook. You are so right. And, and that's, it's so funny because being an interior design is so much more, I always say, than pillow picking. You know, it really is creating an environment. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so you're talking about, you know, creating sort of a zen-like space in a bathroom or whatever. But what I was reading um, on your blog was, and like you've said, you're, you've got two kids. You've got two boys. Um, and they, I've, I've had to guess I'd say they're like four and six. I made yeah. that up. Oh, okay. You are so spot on. Man. Okay. Karen. Thank wow. you. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, they're active. you got two active boys running around your house. But here's a quote that I loved, and maybe you could just embellish on how you roll this into your lifestyle, which is, okay, it's easier to stay clean than to get clean. I'm constantly making sure everything in my house has a home. If something new comes in, it needs to find its home, and that's where it lives and stays. Talk about that a little bit and how you hold your boys accountable to that kind of a quote. Well, it works way better if you don't have Amazon packages coming to the door. So (laughs) I had to realize where I was failing at these things, right? Because I remember I had a neighbor once and was like, I'm always redoing this garage. He goes, do you see your front door? Like it was so, it's such an obvious, like we are, continually adding things to our space and when you think about that curation first you can kind of eliminate that need like the refill of the soap as opposed to a new soap bottle like every time we go to the grocery store we're coming in with stuff that needs a home so by curating what red wine you keep at the house like by curating everything it has a spot and a place so for my boys it's so funny because we do live and breathe this I, we've had lessons of the day as like this remote learning is happening. And my son's favorite one is if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. And this literally <laughs> came from like one day I was like, hey, can you just put on a cute shirt? And my son was like, are you going to take pictures of this mommy? I was like, I don't know, but I might. So if you have a cute shirt on, I won't tell you to go put it on. Like if you just stay ready, you're always ready. And it's, it's, it's the same thing. Like if you're bringing something into your house, have a bin. This is where I charge my iPads at night. This is where I need a charger. So with four and six, that's really where we've gotten. They charge their iPads at night. The backpack that their iPad goes into is there. They know they're supposed to always have their charger in there, their plug that it charges into, and their headphones and their headphone cord. And for right now, I'm happy with that. And it is always ready. And it's also just one less not clean thing in their playroom. Because I don't find the iPad all over the place. Um, Baskets, in terms of interiors, are my favorite thing for kids. So in their playroom, I don't care if it's organized in those baskets. But every toy you have has to fit within that much cubic space or it's out. Mm-hmm. So we <laughs> I'm in love with you, by we, the way. <laughs> thank you. I'm just speaking non-truth, I guess. Um, but, you know, we go through the toys. and I don't care what toy you bring or what bin it ends up in, but it can only fit in the six. The six right here. And whether or not you want to pick the monster truck or the little guy, I don't care. This has a lid on it. If it doesn't fit in here, bye. Um, and they don't seem to fight me very much on that. And that means when I'm like, clean up, clean up, like, you know, 
the ex in laws are coming in. Like, there's a layer you don't want. But like, <laughs> you know, it's like shove it, shove it. But it works, and it doesn't create a problem that then you have to fix. It's set up to function in life as life is designed. So mm-hmm. a lot of us do that, and then the ex in laws leave, and you're like, oh man, I gotta. I got to like air out these cobwebs and everything's not where it's supposed to be. Right. Right? (laughs) And the kids dump all six baskets at the same time. (laughs) But build into the chaos. I see so many clients go, oh, well, we're just going to put away the little dollhouse in the dollhouse basket. I'm like, oh, are you? Oh, are you? I've let, okay, let's build for non reality. That will help you in life. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, yeah, because yeah, when you have the opportunity to make some change, actually make it, you know, don't lie mm-hmm. to yourself about what, how you're going to live. Okay, so let me ask my next question, which is also about like being a mom of two boys. Um, I believe that you insist that they share a room, right? Yeah. Yes, so I tell do. us about why. Why are you doing that? I love it. I, I think... I think at the root of it, I kind of secretly hope they always love each other. And if I just shove them in a room together, they must. (laughs) (laughs) In this basket. (laughs) Let me just be honest from the beginning. Um, It does free up space. So especially with boys, one of the things that I was cognizant of is how much kids play in their room. And I found that it would be more appropriate to have a play place, especially in mixed genders and as we get older and have a different sleep place. And so I could give them each their own room, but then both spaces become play and sleep. And I think that it's better to go to bed in one area and live in another area as they, in the age they're in right now. Sure. Uh, That makes a lot of sense. And all ages. I, I mean, I don't want the dishes in my room. So right, I play right. in one place. <laughs> right, one designated space, and that way the, yeah. the bedroom's always ready for bed, and mm-hmm. you don't you don't have sort of mayhem yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved you had a post about on your Instagram again that you you were talking about. You know what? We're not having guests right now. If you have a guest bed sitting in that room, why not like move that bed and make it a better space for you? Make yeah. it work mm-hmm. for you. Change it and out. I loved yeah. that. It's very liberating. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And one of the things I also just suggested was take the bed out and do nothing else. Because so many people build for something that they don't need and they feel like they have to have the shopping list come and be delivered and then they'll take out their bed and they'll fill every corner of that room and it will be used for X. And nine times out of 10, X is not what you needed. So sometimes by just removing furniture, you can realize what it is you want to do in that room. You end up on the phone, you go into that room, you know what I mean? You work out in that room and you're like, oh, I totally was going to put an office in here, but I've realized since that bedroom's been empty, I've been using the kitchen table more, but I've been working out over here because my weights fit in it or whatever it is. You think it's going to be the gym and then you never use it. And now you've turned your <laughs> into a gym that you never use. So like, how's that any better? So I think as people are transitioning spaces right now, don't be afraid of what no furniture can help you learn about your need for square footage usage. So mm-hmm. smart. Yeah. So smart. Because I do think we're hasty so obvious, to make a judgment but, and to try to solve for something. And it's like, you just give it a second. It's okay. Yeah. And I just love the idea of like, not like forgetting the labels that came with the house plans. You know what I mean? Like forget that this is the dining room and this is the living room and this is the guest bedroom and this is the master bedroom. Like shake it all up and like use it for whatever you need it for. Here's the front room. Here's the West room. Here's the South room. And what do you want to put in it? It's cool. Yeah. How Mm -hmm. will it function best? Mm -hmm. And can I be honest? My, my, what was my guest bedroom? I feel like we all had that junk drawer. One of the things I needed was like a junk room. Like, because we're all at home, I needed a space to like, I I mean, obviously based on what I do, but I have extra panel lights. I have extra chargers right now. I have like a few extra chairs that I pop in for different Zoom calls because I'm in interior design. But 
I needed a catch-all space for me that wasn't like an organized, perfect little office nook corner. I really needed a place where I could close the door and this is where all the stuff lives. There's definitely something to be said about, about well, like you're saying, like a basket for the toys. It, you don't want to look at everything all the time. And so if you have bigger things that are going to fit in a basket, you need something that you can stick it behind and not look at it. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And I, I realized Zooms were taking place all over my house. So it's my Zoom room. But just don't face the camera the other way. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our secrets. That's yeah. fully yes. fair. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I added this plant behind me on top of a um, toy kitchen because it's what you can see in my camera. Well, I mean, you are a pro on camera, right? So maybe yes. we should segue a little bit into your HGTV project. <laughs> yes. Because right? you're a TV star. Tell us all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what I've been told. Um, <laughs> I love it. And Extreme is, is just the most amazing show to be on because of the give back of the whole show. I mean, it's so much less about being HGTV design talent than it is like changing people's lives. So how does designing for a show like this differ from designing just a real space that's never going to be on camera? Like, are there things that you have to consider differently for, you know, it being shot for television? You know, that's very interesting because I would say the same thing applies to even just Instagram and publications. So some of the places that feel the best to be in don't photograph the best. And some of the spaces that photograph the best are actually a little small, but you can't tell on camera. So that's been interesting just in the difference between living in a space and showing a space through a 2D medium that would be there regardless of TV. You know, like you can pull a basket halfway out into a, a room and for a photograph of a baby's, you know, crib area, you can't tell the basket is awkwardly in the middle of the room. Mind you, it's a cute basket you picked for the room, but it looks great for the photo. But then you just move it back to the corner and it's still a good basket choice. So yeah, that exists. Um, I think that what's the most interesting or that I enjoy about it is the HGTV family. So like, I feel like as a designer, I'm such a lone island and I have my staff and I have my teams, but we're not that giant. It's nice to meet another designer and be like, oh yeah, yeah, no, you want it? You want to cover that in brick? Me too. It's like (laughs) this fun moment. And I loved working with Carrie and Darren. Like he's just that different energetic creative mesh really is to Mm -hmm. me like it's the fun part of it all well that's what we say about each other that's why there's three hosts (laughs) (laughs) right it's fun when you have a family along your side who share the same passion yeah and bouncing out ease off each other is always great yeah 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 and learning from each other yeah yeah mistakes what is what is what's been your biggest design challenge um in your TV hosting and designing? Well, I think emotionally for me, just taking opportunity and being away from family to do it was very hard. Um, because I, on extreme, we were being pushed emotionally just based in the, I mean, everybody cries at home, right? The stories are just so deep and you're living them and you're hearing them and you're hugging them and there's a camera in your face and you've got to look cute, but like you're probably <laughs> crying and you just have to let it go because that's what's really happening, you know? But then on top of that, to be away from your kids for three months in the middle of all those emotions happening was very challenging. You know, you just go home and you're depleted. Plus it's 104 the next day and you've got to stand in the middle of the field and tell them why you picked blue and you're like i'm just tired yeah. guys i picked it because i'm smart and that's the cutest color okay <laughs> <laughs> you are <laughs> so um but i enjoy i enjoy pushing myself in any mm-hmm. way shape or form and it was 
an amazing experience and it was such a blessing to be a part of and it was great to have my boys come visit me on set and I got to see them once a week like I wouldn't take any of it back but nobody tells you it's gonna be hard right yeah sure it's just all glamour well speaking of glamour I I was curious about um kind of getting back to that comfortable um what did, what did you say? A pro, uh, modern approachable luxury. Yeah, um, fun. What is, <laughs> you know, how, how do we, how do we do that in our space? Like what are your kind of go-to glamour um, elements and what are your go-to sort of approachable elements that you um, feel like work really well together? I think for me, it's the mix of texture that can vary from like concrete to brass. And I had actually just an example of this today. A client of mine called me up and was like, hey, should I put that extra slab over my white painted brick fireplace? And I was like, no, 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 no. You're going to look like a mausoleum. I get that you like <laughs> stone better, and I, but it won't make your stone as significant and as important. And you'll start to look like a garage. Mm-hmm. So if you want to maintain luxury with approachability, you have to really be willing to mix your surfaces between like very mm-hmm. soft and grassy and natural up against something that's dynamic and, you know, luxury provoking. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. the lacquer next to the wood or the, you know, I think for me, that's probably the easiest way to verbally explain it. So hard to explain design, by the way, with words. <laughs> well, but you're right, though, because um, you know, a little bit of a good thing is a good thing, but a lot of a good thing is not a good thing. And yeah. so when you're describing that client who's like, oh, I have this and it looked really good in there. I, I think I should put it over here, too. Uh, you know, having that restraint to say, no, 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 that is not going to be lovely. Um, I think is really hard to um teach people or you know if if it's not like you if you're not a professional if it's not what you do it's really hard to understand that line where it's not going to be special anymore if you've got it everywhere Mm -hmm. and i think one of the ways that's easiest to explain it that i always go back to is fashion i'm like you can't put on you, you have a bracelet or a necklace or earrings or maybe both but not all three and you can't have bracelets all up and down your arm it'll look ridiculous you know, like you wear jeans with a cute yeah. dangle hoop with a heel and like you're approachably in jeans, but you're dressed up. Like it's the same thing with the space. If yeah. you come in with the gown, like you're going to look great at the Met Gala, but in a house that might feel a little too much. Right. Or head yeah. to toe Gucci. Like, no, you can't. <laughs> no. It, yeah. It's good in one little bit, but no, you can't do it well, everywhere. I feel like the I feel like the jeans with heels is like the perfect like metaphor mm-hmm. to me, you know? Because yeah. jeans with heels with a yeah, dangling earring with, with like yeah, nice yeah, we're good. Do we need to answer a decorating? I think we should. Yes. I think we should. Let's get a, a television star to help us. Yes, Bring it and help us with us. This is from Megan, and she writes, Hello, ladies. Wow, I am so excited to finally be emailing you. As if we're someone famous. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) I've been a loyal listener since the start, and I feel like I know you all so well. Thank you for sharing little slices of your life with us. Your trials and triumphs are something I look forward to hearing every week, which is good. (laughs) I need help. We bought our house, an early 2000s ranch, three years ago, and since then we have cleansed it from its peachy painted faux ivy above all cabinets, brown laminate countertop funk. We her. still have some work to do, though. I know. She painted the picture for us. She did. <laughs> our main living space consists of our living room, a, a dining area, and a kitchen. It's quite open, so I feel like the entire space needs to be cohesive. We painted the walls Revere Pewter by Benjamin Moore, which I quite like, and most of our furniture is gray or black. The only furniture pieces with any color is our dining table, which we painted a deep blue. Painting the table was an attempt at bringing color into the space, but I think it reads as more of a neutral. Here are some pictures as well as a blueprint of the space. 
Soon, the floors in all these spaces will be replaced by a luxury vinyl plank that looks like this. And then she writes, here's my questions for you. And she numbered them because she is a smart lady. Number one, my main mission is to infuse color into the space. How should I do this? What colors should I try? I don't want to replace any large furniture pieces, but I am not tied to any of the art or the textiles. Also, I would be purchasing a large area rug for the living area when we replace the floors. Could this be my chance to bring in some color? Number two, we have oak trim and cabinets that my husband really likes. He loves them. He just loves them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. I don't want to. Yeah. I know. This I don't want to spend worthy. The- <laughs> 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 I don't want to spend the time or money painting them white, which would be ideal so those stay. I have been finding it tough to find flooring that isn't too cool toned and clashy. What do you think about my flooring choice? And then number three. We replaced our countertops a few months ago, but we are stuck on what to do about the backsplash. What would you choose? Thank you all for any and all help that you can provide. I look forward to hearing Karen's description of my space (laughs) and all your opinions on what to do. And she says, love from Wisconsin. Oh, Megan. Mm hmm. P.S. If you're wondering what the blue rectangle is above the television, it's an intended that needs to be relocated behind the TV. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. So let me just describe what Megan's got going on in Wisconsin. So it's an open floor plan. It is a a living room that's adjacent to a dining room and then sort of dog legs into a kitchen. So it's an L shape. And in the, in the elbow of the L is the dining room. Um, The living room, right. I guess we don't need to discuss what it is currently as far as flooring because she's getting new flooring. So she has an opportunity in the living room for a rug. But right now she has, um, like she said, all of her furniture is very neutral. There is a fireplace in the corner um, that has this oak surround that she's talking about for her, for the mantle and the surround of the fireplace. Uh, The walls are the Revere pewter. The, The furniture in the living room appears to all be black. It looks like she has a a black cloth uh, sofa, upholstered sofa, two slipper chairs uh, directly across from that, a, a black leather chair looking into that grouping, also a black rectangular coffee table. Then she said she painted her dining room table navy, which looks black in the photos. I'm just saying. And then she has four Windsor chairs around this dining table um, that are wood colored with a wood bench. um, uh, Also with that rectangular table, black bar stools with a Thonet style. Is that how you say it? Thonet style bar stool? Taryn, you would know. Um, Yes. Yes, looking into the kitchen. And then the kitchen is a white countertop, um, which is pretty, looks nice with the walls. And then she has the oak cabinetry. And that's it. I mean, I don't mean like that. I'm just sort of like ending on the oak node because I hate it a lot. But I love you, Megan. Okay, so... (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. Go. No, no, I'm ready to add to your honesty here. Megan, you know your problem and you just told us you're not willing to fix it. She just said, if I could paint it all white, it would make it so much better, but it stays. And she knows there's a yellow tonality that's coming across in this wood that either needs to be stained, whitewashed, painted, that's Holding it right into the 90s, like a way too yellowy dated wood. That the cabinet layout's okay, the door's okay, the fireplace is okay, but it's the it's the color tone in that wood choice that's really dating it. And she she seems to trust the three of you, but she goes, I know the problem. I mean, she's crazy, right? And goes above it and below it. Not crazy, but. She knows. She knows her problem. And she says, yeah. let me fix it in any other way than addressing the one thing I know you're going to tell me that I need to do. That's what I heard. Yeah. Now, I agree with you because it does, like you said, it just immediately dates the space. Immediately. If she painted those cabinets and put two new pendants over that island and got a rug for her living room that had some color in it, she'd be done. Yeah. For now. But she's going, here's my pictures. pictures. I see my problem, but maybe a rug will fix it. Then you're like, no, rug's not going to undate your (laughs) cabinets. I actually, okay, I... 
I'm just going to halfway play double double okay, go Caroline. Okay. I feel like a good tester for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, I do agree with everything y'all are saying, <laughs> but I will say that I, I do think maybe she could test out painting the doors and the trim and the fireplace, leave the kitchen for now and just start with those other places and see like, how does she like it? I mean, because I think the other thing that's probably making it worse is just the uniformity of all of those finishes. I mean, maybe that's just me, but I, it's like the ma- the doors match the cabinets, which match the trim, which match the fireplace. It's like it literally was all done at the exact same moment, and that is what makes it feel like a, like a time capsule. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Maybe but the, but the thing bit. that Megan is saying is that the tone right. of this, the, the color of it is not pretty. And I, and, I, and I totally get, we come across this so many times, you guys, that for some reason, um, and I, I hate to put this generalization out there, but I'm putting it out there. Men love wood, and they hate to cover it up. So, I mean, maybe she, yeah, maybe she paints the kitchen white and she takes all of that other trim and ebonizes it like a dark stain, you know, maybe something like that would be gorgeous. Um, But yeah, or stain the whole kitchen very dark. So it feels like black cabinetry. I think that'd be sexy. Mm -hmm. Right. I was going to say, even those cabinets black would be, hmm. yeah, call call it stain. Yeah, any wood tone that gets you away from the yellow. I think mm-hmm. the yellow is what, in a light tone, just always reads as cheap. Maybe her husband's also mm-hmm. trying to get out of painting these things. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but I do think that it, I just, I see people make this mistake over and over again where they go, hey, you're a designer, help me out. I know what I have to do, but I don't want to do it. So you're the professional, fix it a different way. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but, but, right. It's but, obvious but, to what the obvious thing is. It's right. so obvious. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so obvious. Yeah. And it's, it's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. We could hypothetically redesign this entire kitchen space. I think we all see this. But if we don't touch those cabinets, what did we really yeah. do? Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. ultimately, why not fix the problem? Right. Not decorate around it and spend thousands of dollars. Right. When you never actually solve fan dating it. Yeah. And and honestly, like it, it's not fun, but you can do it yourself. I mean, it isn't fun. It's very labor intensive and it's gonna take you a lot of time and you're gonna need to be very meticulous about it. But if if it's something you know you wanna do, you could do it yourself. It'd be way better to call someone in and have them do it professionally. But I've done it myself before when I was way younger. Um and it, it is a, it's a commitment. Um, but it's doable. Well, it doesn't okay. Well, and if I, she start if she though starts with the um floorboard trim and just the trick because she actually she doesn't have crown molding, it's only on the floor and around the, the floors. Or so, just the uppers. The yeah, lowers the don't send me mm-hmm. as much. But those uppers, if she could get that done and just mm-hmm. uh, and let's give her color options. White, gray stain it a brown, paint it a black. We think, I think, you should go neutral so that mm-hmm. yellow tonality comes out of the space. And then, Megan, you can add any color you want. Do right. you want red? Do you want blue? Do you want green? What's your favorite? You're kind of already going off this blue tone with your table. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. stick in there, go blues and greens and, and pop in different shades. But it, right now, it's a hard space to add color to because it it would argue or clash with that underlying yellow tonality. Right. So it's get determined the palette for you, unfortunately. Yeah. Yes. I yes. do love the idea of just painting the tops. And, I mean, if I if it were me, I would do like a tone on tone with her. With the walls or something. With the wall. Like, because the other thing that I... I really hate when builders do this. I don't understand... I do not understand why there has to be this like weird step of the cabinets why is every every single upper cabinet is a different height it goes up down 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 and like some of them it just it doesn't make a lick of sense and it just 
So I feel like if she did paint it a tone on tone with the wall color, you it would, it would camouflage that for yeah. sure. Yeah, I just it, it I drives me nuts when I see people or not people do that, but I feel like it's like a builder thing. Mm-hmm. So we call them the dust collector. All that yeah. is is a dust collector. And yeah. why? Like why didn't? And this one has a weird, uh, not a weird, but the ceiling slanted. So I kind of get why they didn't take it all the way to the ceiling. But I'm like. Mm-hmm. As a designer, I walk in, I'm like, underutilized storage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just right. take them all right. the way to the ceiling every time. Why yes. do you need three inches? Like the one over the fridge. Why do you need three inches between your ceiling and the top of your cabinet? What is that? Right. What is that doing for you? Right. Yeah. And no fake plant or urn no. or cookbook Nothing is going to disguise it. There. No, but you know what? She does she have this that. great hardware on her cabinet. So even when she does paint this, I love sort of the oil rub bronze or mm-hmm. even black hardware that she's got on the cabinet doors. That would look stunning on your um, white cabinets yeah. if you yeah. if you um, can um, drug your husband and take the paintbrush out of his hand and paint your kitchen. <laughs> David did not want the wood paneled room painted. The he one is- you're sitting in right now that's gorgeous. Correct. And he ha- he hated the idea. And I told him it was a good idea. And you got to do a few things around the house that he trusts you. And then you do it. And then he he's going to love it. I'm telling you. He'll or fi- so And find like somewhere maybe that accomplishes what you've done. Like find a before and after photo or like for Taryn, it's like find a bar that's all painted in that wood color or some somewhere that you can take them to show them as a physical example. Like this is what I'm trying to accomplish. Right. Look at the difference. See, like it in, it's not just living in my head. Right. And if he doesn't get the difference, then be like, you know what? Then you know what? You shouldn't care. I dropped this can of yeah, paint. That's you don't need to, have, you trim. know, don't be so invested. We can be invested in another space that you can care a lot about. I do think when she, when she does paint, all she's got to do is find a great rug and some pattern drapes and like, bam, she's done. The end. Don't you think? Yeah. Like, yeah. One rug and like four panels of drapes that both coordinate back to each other in like a bold pattern. That's all she needs because she has so many good bones like in her furniture and stuff. It's just yeah. a painting. Mm-hmm. Well, I think some the bar stools are, are arguing with the whole kitchen right now, but it paint those cabinets and now it all goes like, right. you know, there's just, uh, I'm sorry to keep harping on that, Megan. I know you said it's the one thing you didn't want to do. So I guess if I want <laughs> to help you outside of that, if she won't listen to us, uh, <laughs> you had a great suggestion. One of you said uh, replace those pendant lights. Yes, right? I did. Mm-hmm. She needs to update yeah. those to this, this too long century. In the yeah, they just feel yeah. they feel not substantial. And the one thing that you you know lighting is the one such an easy way to update a space and make it really feel current and it's not super expensive and it's easy to install and you can I mean like wham bam thank you ma'am and it's really clear to say, see that Megan likes a neutral palette right as I described her room it was like and this is black and this is black and this is black um, so you're fighting with your own instincts by holding onto this kitchen so I, I feel like we have talked mm-hmm. you out of it <laughs> hopefully do it, Megan. I do think that she has some good natural light. There's a lot of really great things about. Oh this yes, room. are we disappointed? So, it's really beautiful. It really is. It has a lot I of just potential. Just want to, you know, like I she has some she good natural some light. It's really roomy. She needs something that sparkles, some plants, some life. Aren't those the things we always try to infuse into rooms too for color? Yeah. She's got great furniture placement. She has a nice sense of scale and proportion with the things that she's putting in there. She's She's got a good handle on that. Um, her stools are very stylish. But like you said, um, they're too cool for the kitchen. The kitchen is not as cool as the things that you're buying and putting in your house. Now, she did ask about the backsplash. Oh. I didn't even look. Did we answer that? Huh. She wants to know what to do about a backsplash. What do you uh, Why can't you just paint the wall? Did she have to do something? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I liked the- it. Yeah. Don't do it. I mean, you don't have to do anything. You don't have yeah. to put tile up or anything. Leave it. No. Yeah. Ditch old rules. <laughs> I agree with you. Why do you feel like you need a backsplash? Yeah. Don't I put like any money there. Put it into yeah. Put it into the cabinet. Paint. Yeah, a painter. <laughs> and if, 
And if for some reason she makes like spaghetti every night and is like, it's going to change my life to have a backsplash. I would say, call your slab guy back up and have him run the slab across the entire back. I love, uh, yeah, yeah. I love clean, yeah, I which is the same thing you can do with paint. Yeah. yeah. I just love how clean it looks. Yeah. So clean. Exactly. So, so just extend the countertop up the backsplash if you're going to, if you decide you really need that for practicality. Okay. Megan, I, like I feel that. like if you're ambiguous at all about what we think, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Paint those cabinets. All right. I think, I still think she should start small. Like start with the trim, Here. then work up to the doors, yeah. then work up to the upper cabinets. Just every you night again, when your like, husband goes fishing, he comes home and something else is painted. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I just think that if she can talk him into just painting the floor, like the floor trim, mm -hmm. then she can get all the way there. I, you know I also I mean? like the idea of some before and after photos from Pinterest or something. Just show him. Just show him. I mean, honey, let's let's just see. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Help him envision it. It's hard to envision sometimes. It's going to be way better. Regan, thank you so much for being our yes, guest. Thank you so much. This has been so much. Tell fun. everyone where they can find you. Thank you for having me on. It's it's really been so fun to just like sit and talk with like-minded individuals. And if anyone wants to do that with me, they can find me on Brigan Jane everywhere. BriganJane.com, Brigan Jane on Facebook, Brigan Jane on Twitter, Brigan Jane on Instagram, and it's B-R-E-E-G-A-N. A good old Irish name. Yes. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcastballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.